Introduction And even as Artemis, the archer, rose over the mountains, along the ridges of lofty Tegetus or Erymanthus, joying in the pursuit of boars and swift deer, and with her sport the wood nymphs, the daughters of Zeus who bears the Aegis, and Leto is glad at heart. High above them all, Artemis holds her head and brows, and easily may she be known, though all are fair, so amid her handmaidens shone the maid unwed. As this passage from the Odyssey suggests, whereas the lives of most of the Greek gods and goddesses were tame and uneventful after the initial stages of their births and sojourns into the world of wooing and war, Artemis continued to play an active part in many of the stories of heroes. In Greek mythology, she is the quiet force that recurs, the unassuming reactor to the misdeeds of humans, initiating the intrusiveness of the wilderness itself. The interactions between mortals and immortals in Greek myths were usually a coin flip of love and hate, with the Trojan War being the biggest exception. This was the case even though the gods were mercilessly partisan. If the immortals chose not to sleep with mortals, they were punishing them for some slight or other, such as neglecting a sacrifice or hubistic boasting. Being the eternal virgin in the eyes of most later mythographers did not present Artemis with many opportunities to pursue amorous liaisons, but she never failed to exact her revenge for slights against herself or her mother, Leto. Artemis had one of the most widespread cults in the Greek world, perhaps due to her connection with nature, which can be a ubiquitous antagonist or moon-giver. Her association with nature may also explain why she was one of the oldest deities in the Greek pantheon, although her appearance in the Mycenaean Linear B script, the earliest form of Greek that has been deciphered, dating to as early as 1450 BCE, is still contested. Etymology often gives modern readers a better idea of the earliest form of a deity, but Artemis's is confusing. Of course, that didn't stop many writers, both ancient and modern, from making attempts at it, either associating her with mythic qualities, such as maidenhood and purity, and or giving her non-Greek origins. The latter is as unsurprising as the former, since Artemis had a large following throughout Greece and across Asia Minor, where her most famous temple, one of the seven wonders of the world, resided. It was in the Near East that Artemis embraced some of the wilder and more formidable characteristics many of the later Greek mythographers only hinted at. To many modern readers, what is most surprising about Artemis is not her foreignness, but that she was not the carefree maiden prancing through woods and glades to give succor to animals in need. She was a maiden, and her realm was most certainly wooded, but it was above all wild, as was she. Since the dawn of time, humans have been clustering together for safety and Artemis was the emanation of nature and all the unyielding and unforgiving elements therein. Many of the stories in which she was involved reflect this wilderness, and oftentimes cruelty, finding their physical manifestation in much of the cult activity carried out in her honor. The duality of nature as both boon and danger is often present in the writing about Artemis, which gives more for modern historians to work with. Moreover, her deeds are recorded almost unceasingly from the 8th century BCE, when Homer and Hesiod first began recording orally transmitted myths, through to Roman times, during which her name changed, but little else. There is no definitive text on Artemis' deeds. There was no shortage of works that help explain the mythological, ritualistic, and cultural persona of the Huntress. Artemis, the origins and history of the Greek goddess of the moon and the hunt, looks at the story of the legendary goddess and the various roles she played in ancient mythology. In this audiobook, you will learn about Artemis like never before.